0: Greetings, fellow Empyreans. I am Ashtarothi, and this is your news day. We have—we uh, don't have a big patch to talk about or any like huge news, but we do have some things to break down as a group. So before we get to any of that, let's talk uh, to our panel. We first got the master of the show himself, Matterall. How are you? What's going, Ashtarothi? Really well. And... Great. And uh, alongside that, we, of course, have the the man without a voice, or sorry, the voice without a face, Rundle. Hi, everyone.
1: I am here. The voice is still working and the face is still attached. You just don't get to see it. I'm so
0: sorry. He's just cloaked at the moment. It's all right.
1: It's glorious. It's like looking into the sun. You just can't take it.
0: I, I heard a dirty rumor that there's a, a new intel tool coming, so that might decloak you. Uh-oh. Alright, so uh let's jump straight into it. We have uh one piece of kind of it's a little bit outside of the normal uh Eve news. It is about the shooter that they're making as opposed to Eve Online itself. But I feel like this is very relevant. Uh the there was a post on the Reddit today in which a there was an interview that said that had The headline, CCP London's game is genre-defining, hugely ambitious EVE-based shooter, says Dev. Um, We didn't learn anything really new in this article. Uh, It does pretty much confirm what we already did know, was that they, in spite of the fact that the previous two versions, Project Nova and Project Legion, were uh, basically canceled, uh, they didn't stop their work. They've been hiring pretty ambitiously or aggressively this did suggest i believe it said that they had staffed up to a team of 40 developers total for this project which is pretty decent um size for a development team and uh that they already have a player council in which they're discussing with players or people do we have any players in order to get feedback i i assume this is uh basically the equivalent of having like a test group right like so um what do they call it when You know, a lot of companies will 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 test games way, way before they get beta testers,
1: like a beta testing system or alpha testing system.
0: Yeah, alpha testers. Yeah, exactly. So these are these are probably. It is very possible that they still have contacts with like some people that were active in the dust community or even during like Project Nova, the dust 514 discord was very active for a very long time. So it's, they, they had their people that they could choose from to discuss these kinds of things, potentially. But that is what they, they say, that they have, they've started to build a, a sort of player council from the most hardcore of their fans. Um, and so this is uh, cruising right along. And this also, we found out a few months ago that they've teamed up with the team that w- helped uh, Riot make League of Legends. And that... These two things combined tells me that this, develop, this game is probably actually pretty darn far along in its development, which makes it about... Perhaps we're hearing these kinds of interviews and the announcement about the uh, partnership and all that stuff because we are on the precipice of a bigger announcement. So why would that be important for EVE? I think that what has happened is that when what was the last one that came out? Legion Le- or didn't come out rather. Yeah. Uh, when Legion was canceled, a big piece of that canceled, it was like the story or, or like the, the setting of it, the fighting on the outside of the ships and all that kind of stuff. And CCP had already started the arc that would lead into Legion in universe in Eve. And when it was delayed and then canceled, they retooled that story into the Triglavian story and the invasion story. I don't know how much of it was meant to eventually go into that anyways, but those characters and beats and themes got dragged into the uh, invasion story, uh, which is why for a long time I was really big on like, oh, there's going to be like new planetary interaction or new moon stuff. You know, there's got to be something because like everything in the lore is about planets and moons. But what I think happened was that when the game got delayed, they thought of, They decided what they wanted to make their their new game into. And that would take a lot of world building. And so they began the process early and used invasions as a way of kind of building the foundations of the story that would later dovetail into things like what the, sh- the shooter's setting, right? So it's introducing characters like Kashi of Alcanir and concepts like the war clones and the different organizations because all of the stories of the invasions and plots and all that stuff has basically built up what would become a backstory to a future first-person shooter game. Um, what that also means is that a lot of the, the tension points that CCP has set up, both in the story and in like mechanics that they've talked about, is getting very close to a point where they might be willing to to trigger it, right? Like if if a lot of this stuff was built up to be ready for when this other game was going to be ready, you know, if CCP as a company has this strategy to use their multiple IP, their their multiple offerings of their IP together, they already have this major overhaul to industry and other ways that the game works that they've been working on and they have this plan to do in on EVE Online. And they are developing this shooter that uh, is going to basically open up uh, our ability to interact with planets and, you know, stations and all that kind of stuff in that kind of way. So rather than build a uh, like a new walking stations, you can instead like build a, a game that isn't necessarily like one to one. You're actually in the Eve universe client, but allows us to explore and experience the universe in a different way that we wouldn't, weren't able to do as capsuleers. So then on top of that, you have these industry changes. Um, and the industry changes are pretty expansive, but they also it suggest exactly how long CCP has been planning these changes. Because a year ago when the moon mining changes happened and all of the R4 moons got basically... Hosed. They stated that they they were going to fix it by bringing in new blueprint copy or blueprints for us to manufacture using that material. So they were cagey about it, but mostly I believe because they didn't want to reveal too much too early. So if they are if they've been working towards all of these things for quite some time, then it would make sense that there's some monumental like event that would uh, happen as part of that and so what i think we're actually seeing is is that either we're we're looking at a full-fledged like expansion level event like you would expect to see in the old days or a much more organized next quadrant that is focused around the build-ups of war right the four empires are now expanding their power base the the cranking out you know industry is, has has completely had to augment itself because of these triglavian threats and the empires are are tooling up they brought they took away resource wars and they said that they would bring it back if they brought that back as part of it they could really start to thematically create this build up towards like this winter a total war scenario which would be a great opportunity to release a shooter into the ip and make like eve go blah chaos so uh all of that plus the fact that ccp has clearly been advertising eve a lot more They've been putting a lot more effort on, like, outreach with, with the EVE IP uh, through, like, YouTube ads and such. Leads me to believe that I think that the industry changes that we're seeing is going to be part of a larger uh, event. And that this is just the details that they wanted us to chew on first so as to not surprise us with it. But there are there's a lot more to come and there's a lot more surprises, p- surprising pieces to this. Hmm. Well, there you go. (laughs) I got all that from a thing about a first-person shooter or a shooter, whatever. So
1: I've been looking, I I was peeking around because we were talking about this as a topic. And so back when Dust514 came out, um, I uh, I did a number of interviews with David Reed, who was hired at the time as the chief marketing officer uh, to promote the new Dust514 and stuff. And Um, he, he built a campaign and, and did all the different things. And what reason why I bring him up is because what I'm missing is the same sort of thing. I don't see that in the market for what, for this first person shooter. Now, what that tells me is they either have a chief marketing officer that they're okay with and they're doing stuff quietly, or they're actually nowhere near ready enough to really launch this, um, so the production side is one thing, but the marketing side has to go hand in hand with a launch of a second platform type um, universe or product. Uh, anyway, right. so I, I remember a lot of those conversations and, and he did talk deeply about how the um, ingrained intertwined stories were important and how the two universes would work together. Players on either side would benefit and that there was no negatives, right? And so unless you are... Really, Unless CCP is really in a position to start uh, portraying that narrative about how, you know, there's even people in the audience. How do I participate? Is it my pilot? Is it me? How will this affect me? All those questions need to be answered before there'll even be a chance of success. Uh, despite how excited you are, um, you know, there will be no success if they don't handle the rollout and the marketing and the existing titles um, and, and how, interact, uh, how they interact and how the impact is. Uh, anyways, I, I don't see the evidence, but so it's partially a question to you or the audience. If there is this evidence and I haven't seen it, um, let me know, because I'd love to read up on that.
0: It is worth noting to that end that CCP has a historically abysmal track record when it comes to like advertising, especially their secondary offerings, um, Dust, Valkyrie, and Spark, uh, and Gunjack. Two of those, I'm pretty sure most of you guys didn't even know existed. One of you, uh, one of them, I'm pretty sure most people think is a VR only game. So uh, that's my point is that, you know, CCP is usually pretty bad at this kind of thing. That being said, um, you know, they have new they have new owners and those new owners are historically very good at advertising. Right. And that's where so. the
1: CMO, that's where the marketing department might be keyed in there. And that Mm -hmm. might be one of the values of now being owned is like, Hey, we're just going to do this thing. You do the marketing and we just haven't seen it yet. Um,
0: So, so let me be clear though, what I think is happening. So I think that there's going to be a trigger event that starts the burn, right? So basically there would be the trigger event. We're going to just call the trigger event, the attack on Jita, just for, for the sake of, uh, you know, getting people excited. So the attack on Jita happens when the shooter is announced and then more things happen that leads to the shooter releasing like this winter or something like that, for example. But so I'm not saying that like the shooter is going to be coming out tomorrow. What I'm saying is, is that the story, once the shooter gets announced and we start, I fully understand what it is, what will come with that is an understanding of what all of this other stuff that's been building up really means. Hopefully. I don't know. Maybe that's the optimistic part. But, um, yeah, I think of being optimistic. Yeah.
1: Hopeful, optimistic. Uh, a few other adjectives could probably get tossed in there. Well, I mean, but, the, yeah.
0: the,
2: the, You're looking at unseen uh, things and hoping that they go together, but they already told us the reason they did Scarcity didn't have to do with any other game. It had to do with the condition of this game to make it live into another right. 10 years. It had to be done. And even these changes that are industrial changes, which are part of the overall scarcity project or adjustment, Mm -hmm. that a lot of what they were aiming to do was to mop up a lot of the R4s, moon mining material that's out there. So I look at it as more of a broadening out of industry and soaking up different opportunities to soak up uh, some of the minerals that are out there that are not used uh, very well. Stuff like that, and that to me seems very much within the within the game of Eve Online. If there's anything beyond that, in a different game, I just don't think they are there at all. Like their headspace.
1: I, you know, it's still for me though. It has a very interesting opportunity though, right? Because Eve Online kind of stands alone. They got you know Eve Echoes. I don't know much about that as well, to be honest. But you know, they're trying. It seems that. If you can pull it off, you can have a solid kind of one-two punch with an, a multiplayer MMO and a first-person shooter, which are really the two kings of the castle when it comes to online gaming for the most part.
0: By, by oh, the, the way, like it, it, by it, the they've way, dropped yeah. the words first-person shooter a long time ago, and, and the words shooter and MMO are the ones most frequently used mm. to describe it. Do so you, I don't know what the heck that means. Did you ever play Tabla Rasa? i did not play that one no uh,
2: i played it and i liked it a lot i didn't play it long and then it shut down pretty fast because things went wrong for that studio and the guy that created it had to depart but um it was a futuristic uh third person a uh, three-way fight i think uh, on a planet and you would fight on a fortress and there'd be npcs that would attack a fortress and it would just was very immersive and you would uh you know, when I played it, I was just like, "This game is amazing." I don't know why people aren't talking about it more. And uh, again, that's a—it was a shooter game. It was an MMO, but it wasn't a first-person shooter. So it was a third-person shooter. Might be interesting,
0: right? Exactly. Yeah, and and well, they also said, I mean, like the title of this article, while it is probably its own kind of advertisement, as opposed to you know whatever. Like it's it's uh, fantastic but uh you know calling it a genre defining hugely amb- ambitious um i don't i don't know i don't even want to necessarily speculate what it might be but my point is is that um i feel like they may do something that like it it makes sense to have both of your games And like when you announce your shooter you also do something in the game that has to do with you know the planets the, the idea of this theme of the preludes to war and all that stuff permanates in both what the shooter is and what EVE Online is, uh, is going through. And so I'm not saying that these things tie directly into each other or, re- or related to each other or whatever, but um, basically CCP as a company know that they have these two games that are going through these t- their production cycle. And it's very likely that we might see some synergy between the announcement of the shooter and what it will be, we'll be seeing happening to uh, Eve online in the next uh, three to six months. Yeah. But the short of it is, is that my prediction is there's enough indications that the empires are going to be re- rebuilding for war. The, uh, the industry resource, act, uh, uh, resource wars, all that kind of stuff. Like there's, there's this big buildup and then, as they descend into Total War, that would be when we see the Faction Warfare revamp. I had to throw that out there because somebody uh-huh. in there said Faction Warfare revamp That's some good tin,
1: There's some good tinfoil right there. It might line up. Yeah, you know what? It, it just occurred to me, too, that, you know, the as you said, you know, the kind of the the catchphrase for this uh, article is, you know, genre breaking. It occurs to me that maybe someone's trying some marketing. Maybe they got a marketing person. Cause that sounds like a marketing phrase. Like every other game is genre breaking. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's buzzwords, you know, we'll see if they can pull it off. But,
0: um. and I guess to be more broadly, I'm not saying that necessarily two years ago, they were like, we're going to have these announcements happen at the same time, but like fan fest happens when it does for a reason, right. It's right at that crest between Q1 and Q2 or, you know, whatever, um it's right you know you've gotten back from christmas vacation you figure out what you're going to be get get done and then you've gotten enough time to get most of it done so it's a great time for reveals so i'm just saying that they may have more to reveal than just the industry and it would suggest that i think that this is part of a larger piece of the puzzle and so we've had a lull recently. Um, and I think, and we've, whenever we have lulls in early April, it usually means that FanFest is going to have a big announcement. We don't have FanFest, but I still, I still anticipate a big announcement.
2: You want to go to some questions? Sure. Uh, didn't they say, this is from Bjorn, didn't they say they were making a game more integrated with Eve when they
0: killed Nova? Uh, they, they said more MMO features. Not integrated actually. Any time that we have ever suggested that, that a game should be integrated with EVE Online since Dust 514, CCP has gone hum-ha, and the best that they've ever said is they've learned that, that what they want to do is come out with a solid game and then integrate it afterwards if that's what it goes with. So I wouldn't expect that to be a, piece, a, ba- a basic piece of the, of the design of, of something going forward.
2: Which is too bad, because Dust 514 was a really cool integration feature. I think it was one of the more unique features of um, the game in general because you could have battleships bombard from uh, orbital. You could essentially do orbital strikes from battleships and uh, you could make uh, the the entire game relied upon, uh, you know, inside industry from EVE Online in order for you to be able to, like, deploy people and stuff, which was a really, really fun feature. But Yeah. yeah, that's too bad. That's Tiberius who's joined us. In case they didn't recognize your voice at the beginning. Um, another question for you. Let's see. I saw that over.
1: So one was gunjack. That was a. It was supposed to be a gunner in an orca. Is that correct? It Sounds in like a, you knew about gunjack. A jack.
2: mining barge. A mine...
1: Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: yeah was it an wasn't an orca. It was like a mining rig. Ah, okay. It's, it, it's not a piece of equipment that we would use.
2: Gotcha. All right.
0: Um. Let's see. If I remember correctly, the facility itself doesn't isn't like sophisticated enough to have like ships or anything like that. It's just a, a mining rig out there with a with a gun. Um,
2: I'm not seeing any more questions. There was a
0: couple others, but yeah, I I mean, I still if they if they had a PV, P, PI overhaul or or changes to make now would be a really time good time to make them. Um, everything within the invasion plot and since then. Has been related to or has strongly tied into like ground troops. They keep talking about what the ground troops are doing, what's being invaded, who's being evacuated. Even in Poshfin, they keep focusing on, you know, like the people and soldiers, specifically war clones. And it also keeps leading back to places like Molten Heath, which raises really big red flags to me because uh, Molten Heath is, of course, where the Dust 514 took place. And also is uh, related to Templar 1 and uh, the fact that basically the biggest threat in New Eden, the other, um, has technically may still have a war clone army out there. Or any number of the war clones that are out there may be corrupted by the other. So if that's where they're going, if they're going to touch into that story in uh, in the game... They could explore different things that in, in, a, in a way that would be completely beneath our notice because it's something happening on some planet or something like that that isn't something that we would even notice on EVE Online, but yet still be a complete um, game, I- I- interesting, and exploring maybe a little bit more about the universe and the lore of the game in a more tangible way than having to use the Wayback Machine to recover forum posts from 10 years ago. I love my job. Hi. Hi. <laughs> All right. Um, Anything else on this? Uh, No,pe. I just wanted to call my shot as we were moving forward. I will say that it is Tuesday, and therefore uh, it was patch day. It was not the industry patch day, so you guys all get at least one more uh, week of reprieve before it comes out, uh, at least uh, before all the industry changes. But uh, there were a couple of minor changes I want to go into before we get into the next topic or before we go into our break and the next topic. Yeah. S-
1: speaking of industry really quick, uh, we had a really good conversation last night. It actually spurred a lot of uh sidebar conversations uh, in a couple places on the Discord, so I think that prompted us to build an industry channel. So come on to the, d- uh, the Discord. Um there's an industry specific industry channel there now to come and talk about uh to come talk about the changes, industry in general, if you need some help, I mean whatever whatever the deal there is. Uh make some friends, do some industry, you know, build Hit shit.
0: people up for hot tips.
1: Yeah, hot tips. Don't, don't right. build shit.
0: Uh, so the patch notes were corrected the scanner window icon for the Gris's uh, storage data site in NullSec space. I think it originally it showed as a combat site image. Fixed an issue that allowed all ships to enter into the Grissis secure storage site. So they forgot to put the ship restriction on the gate there. So people were bringing Stratiosis into the the data site uh, for the Grissis event. But apparently it's also supposed to be restricted to frigates and destroyers. So now if you were using Astradios to hack, you can't anymore. Uh, also, the Hunt Bantam NPC has been removed from the event. Uh, the Bantam stays, 20, like, stays way away from everybody else. I, I assumed that it was because of the, they were the Lodgy. Um, like 20 kilometers. Uh, and they also were not part of the normal spawn. So like, if you kill everything besides uh, the bantam the next site or the next wave would still spawn so i think that they're doing something when it comes to experimenting with the fleet ai and it didn't work in this case so they just pulled the bantam uh and then i also want to point out that there are i think some still some some bugs that are kicking around the sound issue bug is still there so sorry um the they're was a bug related to not being able to jump clone, but I haven't seen anybody talking about that anymore since last week. So maybe that got resolved. And also, uh, at least two people that I've seen have literally just been unable to open up their launcher for two days. So actually, on a personal note, if if you know anybody who is experiencing that, please DM me on Discord or somewhere or email me because I'm trying to piece this together, because one of them is uh, my, my COO, and I'm really kind of upset about that. Um, and then I also went to HoboLeaks to see if there's anything new. There wasn't anything... I didn't see anything that looked like they tried to slip it in or something like that. All I saw was some Serenity stuff. Um, so that's it for... Oh, oh it, I did, uh, do want to update a couple of things about the hunt. One is... Uh, or two things. One is the hunt sites can be visible through the agency. Whereas the previous event site were not was not visible through the agency, which means that this event is much, there's a lot more interference in in this event than in previous events. Like other people will run in, will come in halfway through the site because they'll be able to find them. Uh, I don't know if this was intentional, like if they're experimenting with different balances, but the keys within the sites kind of puts a different kind of blocker. Um, so maybe they wanted people to run into each other and have to uh, interfere with each other more than they wanted to last event. We'll have to pay attention to how they juggle these mechanics in the future. And then um, the one thing I will say is that it's very hard to get the combat sight points, especially with a team, because uh, you'll get jammed up in the go kill the drone one. And unless you guys are taking turns to go in and kill the drone, um, you don't want everybody to go in because that wastes the, the keys. And so like I ran five or six sites last night and I didn't get any points at all because I was just stuck. On, I haven't killed the drone yet. So that's all I got for patch notes and updates. And unless there's something else that somebody has, then we can go to a break and get on to the conflict news.
2: Yeah. Well, let's try a break and then we'll come back uh, in just uh, 60 seconds or so. Let's see if this works. Okay. The break's up. Now, last time they could still see us. uh, So... Keep yeah, your, keep your clothes <laughs> on. In the meantime, I'll switch out. Get. uh I'm really uh kind of looking forward to this uh, update. I'm wondering if it's going to end up being like Destiny, or if it's going to end up being like PlanetSide Two,
0: or none of those things. We'll see. I w- I will say that when when it all went down, Destiny Two was the was the game that I heard as people 15 like 15 seconds. It wasn't like it wasn't like destiny two enough or something like that. Like that was the thing that people assumed that it was going to be transformed into. Okay. Five seconds. You want to bring it back? Ash? Sure. Go ahead. All right. And welcome back. Thank you for that. Now let's get past all the boring lore stuff. I'm done with my nerdy stuff. So let's get on to fighting. There is at least a couple of, uh, stories about people shooting people matter all, which one do you want to tackle first? Thunder Yeah, let's go with uh Thunderdome.
2: Last night, uh, we got a message from a friend who said, hey, uh, he's in RC, by the way, Wrecking Crew, which actually sits on Providence region at the moment. And he wrote me in saying, hey, we're attacking Amamaki, which is in, I believe, Amatar. Uh, so we thought nothing of it. You know, people tell us they're attacking things all the time especially first first uh, mm-hmm. timers. Uh, it's not a shield timer, but it, when they attack a structure for the first time, they are attacking the shield of the structure. And if they destroy the shield, then at a later time, they have an armor timer that they need to uh, r- arrive to and destroy. And that's usually when you have a real conflict. It's like conflict by appointment. Everybody knows you got to be there within 15 minutes of that moment. And then when you fight, so a timer for shield can happen at any time, with any any whim uh, that somebody wants to do it. So most of the time those are not defended; they're just kind of a warning
0: shot. You yeah. you have less than thirty minutes because so so you can shoot at any time, and then as soon as the shields get to about ninety seven percent, then that puts out the ping, uh, like the messages to anybody who is, has authority to receive that message and the API. So at that point you have. Roughly about 27, 28 minutes or so, uh, or maybe a little bit less, to grind down that Keefstar if you're doing maximum damage the entire time, uh, and the opposing force has to get their shit together and get there and fight you in order to stop you for the shield timer. However, once once the shields go down, then everyone knows when the next fight's going to be, and have over a day to take... To be prepared.
2: And normally you can get in and out if you're working in somebody's uh, off time, you know, generally when they're off the game, uh, you can us- usually just kind of go there and it's not really a big deal. Not this time. Apparently, the people who were in Amamaki uh, Keepstar, there was a Keepstar that was being attacked, uh, were ready for this attack and prepared. And so they just let out a flood of Hicks. We talked about Hicks the other day. Those are heavy interdictors and uh, those things can point in low sec and hold on to capital ships and super capital ships very easily. And so a whole swarm of them came out of the Keepstar and just tackled about half of the Titans that attacked from wrecking crew. And then Nolsechnia Shulpin came out, which was unexpected as well, and so did Snuff, they dropped Titans, and a battle ensued. And when we heard that was happening, we went to live coverage, and that's what you're seeing here. In the end, seven Titans were destroyed on one side, the wrecking crew side, uh, including FC Sado's Titan, uh, and among other things. But also on the uh, defensive side, one Titan and one supercarrier were destroyed. So, so it was a pretty big... Uh, Pretty big loss for Wrecking Crew. Doing a surprise attack, they got surprised instead. Now, why would they attack a free port, right? Because remember, we're talking low sec. This is Amamaki, after all. And there is a keep star there. And it's a free port, so anybody can kind of uh, live there. But uh, there have been operations by snuff in the area against Siege Green, which is an ally of Wrecking Crew and they have um, snuff that is has found refuge inside that keep star so they right. they're kind of living they're living there and so they basically came to try to take it out which was a very bold move they being wrecking crew it's a very bold move and it backfired
0: right so uh snuff it, it, the thing that makes stuff strong is the fact that they went off and fought in like uh, World War B and other places like that and made sec level of wealth and power and more importantly, super capitals, but then returned back to Losec in order to uh, be the big fish in the small pond, as it were. And super capitals cannot be built in Losec. And the difficulty in, or the size disparity between uh, non supers and supers is pretty significant. And so Snuff has a long history of, you know, being incredibly dangerous throughout all of LOSEC and, uh, you know, destroying structures and just being a general menace to everyone who tries to live in the area. And they use these free ported Cape Stars to project their their super capital force deeper than they should be because without these keep stars, they wouldn't be able to dock their keeps their, their Titans would be far more exposed and they they would slip up and miss, uh, you know, lose them potentially more. Um, and so these keep stars are widely regarded by the local community as a bit of a menace because they're not used by the locals. They're used by powerful people from outside to project power into the local area, And um, and so, you know, Wrecking Crew is one of the groups I believe that have been in that area and have been attempting to kind of undermine snuff and undermine other big power within the area, while also simultaneously just ripping down structures when they can, Um, attacking like this and having some of them show up with or spill out with Hicks screams to me that this was more than just you know they they happened to get the ping and responded. This is this that's. That's a telltale sign of a trap and a trap that they're hoping will get supers because that's why you would bring that many hicks.
2: Yeah, we heard later from uh, someone from CVA, Kyle, uh, who said that um, they were prepared for this. They had been wanting this. this, uh, They wanted to bait in Wrecking Crew. Of course, Wrecking Crew is the group that cleared out Providence, including CVA. So CVA has revenge on their mind. Uh, so they're a part of this as well. And um, they ended up um, being really happy with the results because uh, they still want to go back to Providence. Uh, although whether they do it fast or slow, uh, they disagree on internally. They they all still have the idea that they're going to make it back into Providence, but they can't do it if wrecking crew is sitting there. So they need wrecking crew to be uh, taken off the map. Um, that said... The uh there was another group that was involved. The Hicks actually belonged to oh, I believe it was a wormhole group. Was it um I forgot the name of the group. I want I, I won't say which name it was in case I get it wrong, but I think it was called like uh, Outback or something. Um forgot their name. Anyway, uh, it was interesting that they were involved as well. And also Nelsonia Schulpin is from Tribute. So what they were doing way down there was also a bit of a surprise. I think they brought in Dreadnoughts, which takes some time to get down there. So all this was engineered. Also, the last thing is, it looks like there must be an executive-level spy in Wrecking Crew for that to to get planned out. Because they knew, apparently, or they, or this is psychological warfare, but we had the FC... Um, What's his name? Way wait wally Mart. yeah wally Mart. he came on for an interview at the end of this and he said that they knew about this like five days in advance and for them to know about it in five days in advance they would have had to have had a, an executive level spy again it right. could be psychological warfare so that they all turn guns on each other saying you're the spy no you're the spy and you can mess with people that way uh so right who knows
0: Yeah. So they're claiming they knew about this a long time ahead of time in order to basically say, you know, to get into their head and say, that's how much we know about what you're doing. Right. What else do we know? That kind of a thing. Trying to trying to make they may be trying to make themselves uh, seem more uh, effective than they they are. But uh, the other piece to that is that it wouldn't take very much time to get that keep star ready to do that kind of trap. Because it is a free ported keepstar in low sec. it's already going to have all of those hicks in there because people sell titans and you know, on those keepstars, and then other people try to kill the titans that got bought from those keepstars, or other people try to jump things or whatever. Like, yeah, there's probably a lot of hicks stocked in that keepstar before anyone ever got caught with of a, uh, any particular attack. So, on the one hand, they were clearly prepared and clearly got some sort of – they knew what was going on and had enough time to coordinate all these different forces. But on the other hand, it wasn't like they had to move in all the equipment. It was already there. Yeah.
2: Well, and that's what happened yesterday. Now, this – one last thing on this. This is a pretty big blow. Uh, Wrecking crews had a hard time in the last few days uh, against this group uh, of snuff, but also now Nullsack, some CVA in there, and uh, others. And so uh, what remains to be seen is how Wrecking Crew recovers from this one. This was supposed to be something to raise the morale of the group because it had Mm. kind of lost the last two fights. And so not only does this not raise the morale, but it probably drove it even further down. So we'll see see how they respond to this. Okay, that's all I got on that, Ash.
0: Yep, and uh, just one last thing about that. Just remember that Snuff... uh, doesn't care. They're not there to make you into their good enemy or anything like that. They want control and they want power and they want wealth, which means that they need to uh, bully out anybody else. Who's going to be any kind of competition with them. So uh, if this makes wrecking crew sad, I'm pretty sure uh, snuff doesn't feel bad about it. Not one bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then also uh, I don't,
2: Oh, a couple things. Yeah, one more thing. Sorry, before we go on, I want to thank Artemis Albosa who managed to get that quick camera in there so we could see the video that we saw. You can see this video on YouTube. I'll put a link inside of the uh, chat. It's already up. Uh, you can go to youtube.com slash talking in stations and it's one of the first videos there. Uh, I also want to uh, thank Billy from Test who jumped on and just started... Um, breaking down the situation and gave us a lot better appreciation for what was going on on the field. As a fleet commander and a seasoned one at that, he was able to see what was going on and be able to talk about it. And then afterwards, when the FCs from this event showed up on our live feed, he was able to talk to them and get information out of them as well. And uh, also, uh, our friend Condor was one of the guys that lost to Titan, and he showed up And you could really hear the emotion in his voice. He was devastated that he'd lost his Titan because he's not somebody that built three or four himself in some place. He literally worked his way up into that ship. We knew him three, uh, four years ago when he just started playing EVE and uh, was hanging around talking in stations. And he was very helpful and he has been for a long time uh, just talking with us and giving us information on his career. So it's nice to see him kind of grow up in EVE Online but it was sad to see him lose that big ship. So not, you know, it's, right. we we had that interview not to exploit that because uh, we certainly don't want anybody laughing at him, but we want to have the agony as well as the ecstasy on talking in stations. And it's important to know these ships mean things to people. So that's actually a very, it was a very nice moment in
0: that sense. It's also a good way to get honesty on it. Like those kinds of interviews, it's not, I mean, like as you pointed out, it's not to make fun of them. Um, I'm likened to the fa- or I'm reminded of the fact that we had an interview on the Echo side of things. Talk, uh, Who's a fish did an interview with uh, Golden Horde, who recently basically fa- collapsed. Um, so it's like the idea of like after the fact processing what has happened. Yeah, that's the drama. That's the emotionality. So um, is that on the latest? Was that on yesterday's show? How would I check that uh, out? That
2: was live footage yesterday. Uh, on YouTube, we just uh, went to live footage, so it's only about an hour long at the most. It was after our That's... our our show that we usually have. Actually, it was Sunday, so we didn't have an evening show. We had a weekend show.
1: Wait, what day is it? That was it? last night.
2: Oh, was today Tuesday? You're right. Yep. We had a show, and then this happened afterwards, right? Because we right. had the show on the industrial stuff,
0: right? Yeah. Well, we should make sure to get the that like. It's, it's the
1: everything. YouTube, yeah, yeah. It's a YouTube channel that he mentioned. It's that one there. I yeah.
0: will awesome probably check that out later.
2: So. I'll get it for you. Awesome, possible. I think
1: we're wrapping. We're wrapping down on topics. I think do, right uh, more do or less.
0: We, did we want to talk about the uh, the war stuff at all? Oh, uh, you mean like the war report? Well, so the yeah, on, as far the, as the war oh, CETIOS, uh, yeah. goes, yeah, I see that there were the two satios that went down really quick. Uh, they're pretty big losses and of course Fortisars and other stuff they're still burning but in addition to that there was also a post today uh one of the top of reddit that showed uh, 4100 jobs being started in 1dq so um I guess we can all start speculating as to what those are
1: <laughs> get all those jobs started before the changes
0: yeah that's
2: exactly what it is it's uh Change is coming. That area is okay for building capital. So everybody's building capitals as fast as they can to the very end. They're using up those stockpiles. Those stockpiles are worth more right now than they, they're worth more right now than they ever have been because whatever those minerals go into will become um, the new uh, dreadnought, which will be worth probably twice as much or more. So use those minerals now and you'll double your value
0: if you do. And nobody that. knew for sure if today was going to be the patch or not. Um, so, but no, as if long you have
2: the uh, sorry, as long as you start it,
0: doesn't matter. So, right, yeah, <laughs> right. But my why, point is that's why there was the peak of the starts
1: over the weekend, right? Yeah, uh, last year.
0: Yesterday, because it was last, yeah, twenty four hours. So four thousand yeah. started the day before the first chance for the patch to come out. That's right.
1: Yeah, I think that's the that's the correlation, right?
0: That's yeah. Um,
2: they're not building battleships, right? Because those may go down in price, uh, and I I think they're building a ton of capital uh, ships. So that's probably dreadnoughts. They're going to need those. They're going to be expensive, etc. So the question is, who's building? Is the Imperium building, or is Pappy building? Because they're both in Delve. You said in One DQ. No, it's One DQ. It's okay. the system of One DQ. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's it's absolutely Imperium you, in One DQ.
0: How can you tell what was built or how much was built? You, if you open up the map, you can look up all kinds of different details. Um, in fact, actually, let's just do it right now live. Uh, so I'm gonna open up my map, let's see what it looks like right now. Well, let's not trust Reddit, Reddit <laughs> is a scary place full of lies. <laughs> we'll go to uh 1dq, all right, 1dq, and then oh, wait, there's a there's a metal liminal storm right now, metal in 1dq, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It's electrical. It's been I don't know. which. Oh, it doesn't say which one it is. is.
2: Yeah. There was an electrical uh, one in there the other day that was.
0: Yep, there you go. So it currently is sitting at uh, 4,200 jobs started in the last 24 hours in, in the system of 1DQ. My God. 1TAC-A.
2: That's a lot. What, what about the, across the street there? T5Z, and, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah T5. Look at T5Z there. See what, how many got started there. Uh,
0: 1,196 jobs in <laughs> the last exactly. 24 hours. So that Not way,
1: quite as much.
2: So one
0: thousand. So that's 000? a four. Full...
2: Go ahead. Yeah, that's a huge difference.
1: So thousand five hundred builds started. Industry jobs started within two systems side by side. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Can that's you check? Can you check their the industrial profiles? Like what percentage of uh, tax they're paying? Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. You it's mean the, like the system?
1: The, the system index.
2: The system index. Yeah. You know how to check that? It's on the map.
0: Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. good. I'll just do that then.
2: Yeah, it's a map under Geo Statistics. It's uh, what's it exactly called? It's the Manufacturer Index or something like that. Ma- manufacturing
0: System Cost Index. Yeah,
2: and check what they are. Eight
0: point six six for one DQ and nine point three for T five Z. So yeah. there's been more industry overall done in T five Z but this sudden burst in 1DQ. Yeah,
2: that's amazing burst. Uh, so it's probably not registered on that uh, yet. I think that's, that's some kind of time. But anyway, it's amazing. Your point is 1DQ on fire for building. They're trying to, they're trying to build before yep. the deadlines.
0: That's, well, it'll be interesting to see how this next week uh, plays out because chances are the, uh, the industry changes are happening in exactly seven days. So uh, good luck, guys. It'll be fun. Yeah.
2: And again, we assume they're building capitals. But come to think of it, it is a war zone. So it just depends on what they need. So They may be building, that could represent a number of things, capitals plus sub-capitals plus um, other equipment. They, so we don't know.
0: They're building five dreads, five titans, and 4,000 interceptors <laughs> just to make it look good. Yeah. All right. I think that that about wraps it up for the day. Do we have any, uh, anything that we want to talk about in closing? Did I miss anything?
2: You no. Know, watch the Euro show. That was, uh, that'll be on YouTube later today, or actually in about five hours, and uh, check that out. It was a really good discussion about EVE Online-related things this time, including walking in stations, and, uh, and actually some of the things that we talked about, the, uh, the first-person shooter, or actually the shooter. the MMO shooter. So check that out. It's called the Euro show with, uh, I think it's up on YouTube
1: already. Just a a thought maybe, but
2: yep. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, okay. Well, I think
1: I saw it there. Check it out.
2: I didn't put it up there, so I don't know who who did, but I'm I'm one of
1: your, one of your amazing staff. no doubt.
0: Okay, good.
2: Yeah. Check that show out.
0: All right. And uh, to that end with amazing staff, uh, just wanted to say, as we're wrapping it up, we are looking for writers. And other content creators, or uh, you know, editors and whatnot, we have uh, we've been expanding our team quite a bit, and have a lot ready to go, and a lot of excited people starting to work together to build some cool or you know, make good content for you guys in written, video, and live form. So if you want to be part of that, please let us know.
1: And as I've proven, you can even talk on a talk show without having to show your face
0: for now damn it and uh if you like what we do of course uh and and you're not uh talented or motivated enough to join us you can of course support us by uh subscribing on youtube and also subbing here on twitch uh one of those are not those aren't equal actions and, obviously and but patreon they're both as well. they're both appreciated and yes the uh the true heroes the people that make this show happen if you want to join their ranks you can always go to our patreon and sign up there excellent we have cool stuff for patrons, including a special channel where people can apparently at me and get individual answers now.
2: Uh, Valamir asks, writing about what? Well, there's Eve news, online. News, there's, news, there's, news, there's news writers that chase stories down, and uh, we give you tools and contacts to do that. But there's also uh, what we call SMEs, subject matter experts. And if you're really good at something or you know some insight, you can write about that. And then if you're just somebody who has uh, a way with words uh, and is easy to read, then maybe you can write about your adventures uh, in an entertaining way. And
1: yes, Choggy Poggy, you can be talented and support at the same time. You do not have to bring your talent here. You are free to keep your talent to yourself. This is EVE Online after all. And Alex Wildstar, drop me that note. Mm
0: -hmm. Skullknifer uh, brings up that he's never played this game, but has been doing some research and might want to check it out. Just in case we have other newer or better yet people who are just looking into EVE, I will say that now is probably one of the best times in EVE's history to be a new player. So don't be afraid to check it out. The sooner you join, the better off you'll be because skill progression takes time, like literally occurs over time. So the sooner you get into it, the better. And whether you know, however you join or whatever you do, make sure to use a buddy code, somebody's buddy code, uh, when you yeah, join because fine, you'll someone. get 1 million you'll get 1 million SP for free which is almost four uh, over a month full uh, worth of skill training as a free to play account. So uh, I, I would love to see you as an EVE player and if you want to you can always uh, message me in Twitch or um, in game or in Discord if you need any help. But use a buddy code.
2: Yeah. Also this game if you haven't played it before is like the professional video game. It's a professional level People play this game. Uh, it just is. It is such a wide world of playing and outplaying each other in an immersive science fiction world. And it's like Counter Strike, but instead of fifty or whatever people, it's thousands fighting. Uh, it's just got. It's got so many characteristics that other games don't have. That's why
0: it's a cult classic, pretty much. Absolutely. But yeah. Yeah. If I could riff on that. For a second i will say that the <laughs> thing i really like about it okay fine i'll no,
1: it no well, it's no all right ahead. i'm gonna i'm gonna say goodbye you can riff all you want we will babysit you i'm gonna go it's on right. to a different show and talk shit
2: yeah you gotta Absolutely. go we'll, we'll send the crowd over there when we're done go ahead Adam.
1: all right i'll go prep them
2: mm-hmm. carry on yeah she got to finish yeah so uh where was i what were we talking about riffing on eve as the professionals game
0: Deep, expensive. Oh. playing it out, playing each other. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Eve, is a, Eve is a role-playing game, right? I've been playing role-playing games my whole life. My whole life. Uh, i played d and all these, you know, pen and paper, uh, Dragon's Quest, everything, right? So, uh, the thing I like about Eve is that Eve Online is an MMORPG that is true to those words in a way that other MMOs simply aren't. Because in Eve, you are asked to take on roles within the universe itself. The universe exists and you participate in it in different ways. And um, the roles that you can take on are, some are more defined than others, but really, like, you can be a politician, you can be a military commander, you can be a trucker, you can be an industrial foreman, you can be a scout, you can be a spy, you can be a saboteur, you can be all these kinds of things. But Unlike other MMOs, like in WoW, I'm a tank and I'm a paladin because I picked that choice at the beginning. And I have these capabilities because I have these skills that give me the powers to do the thing that I need to do. The fantasy, basically, I I play an abstraction of the the fantasy. In EVE, you can play whatever role you want, but you better be willing to actually do it. If you want to be a politician, you better be willing to get some votes. If you want to be a military commander... You're going to be tested on how well you can inspire people and how well you can make decisions on the battlefield. And that makes Eve real in a way that most other MMOs aren't. It also makes Eve useful in a way that other MMOs aren't, because you can practice real skills and do real things with real people and and have real social structures and take on real challenges that echo and mimic real life to the point where several people have gone on to use those skills in real life, business, et cetera, et cetera. So that's why I like Eve. I'm out. Thanks, Ash.
2: All right. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We will see you tomorrow on Talking in Station. Stay tuned for a raid.